I'm actually doing it a little different this week. Instead of recording in the deep, dark middle of the night where nobody is awake but me, I'm actually recording during the day where people are theoretically happy and energetic and contributing to society. So let me know if you guys can hear the subtle sounds of humanity in the background or in my voice while you're listening to this. Both of those sound boring. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matt, and right up top, I want to announce, I use the term announce as if it's something important, but it isn't. I'm more than happy to pretend it is, though, and tell you that I want to announce the return of something that we did last year called Hot Take Summer. Essentially, the premise is that the hotter it gets in the middle of the desert where I am, and the more my ass starts to cook, the bitchier my hot takes are going to get throughout First of all, throughout the episode, but more importantly, throughout the entire summer. And it's about to hit 110 degrees here. So I'm going to start off strong and talk really quickly about someone I genuinely like as much as any other white person that enjoys food porn and watching people get yelled at. And anyone who knows me knows that I thoroughly enjoy both of those things, let me tell you. But here's my question. How many TV shows does Gordon Ramsay fucking need? Again, I'm not throwing any shit remotely towards Ramsay here. He seems like a genuinely awesome dude. He is responsible for one of the greatest meals I've ever had in my life. His sticky toffee pudding was $30, and after having it, I would pay double. I have beat off to every single video of him making steaks and sandwiches on YouTube, in one day. I got pretty chafed. As far as he's concerned, he's just making money. I don't blame him for hosting a bunch of shows. If someone came to me with an idea of a reality show for me to host, where, I don't know, men under 30 choose women over 75 they want to take a sexy naked bath with just by meeting their cats, my only two questions would be how much per episode and what's the shooting schedule. And then you can find me hosting Studs and Suds Cat Edition on a streaming service near you. I'm not bagging on Ramsey. They are throwing money at him by the pound. But I was home late one night from selling dildos, grabbed me some special snacks, and I did whatever the updated version of channel surfing is throughout all the streamings, most of which I'm not paying for. Netflix hasn't kicked me out yet, blessed be, but I'm doing my usual bullshit, basically just taking the scenic route to watching yet another half dozen episodes of some type of Law & Order instead of Succession or Black Mirror or Season 2 of The Bear or Ted Lasso. I know the shows are out there. I know I need to watch them. Not a week has gone by where someone hasn't reached out to me and told me that I need to watch Ted Lasso. Because if there's one thing any of you guys know about me, it's how much I love mustaches and fucking soccer. I'm sure it's a great show, but let me ask you this. Does Ted Lasso star iced tea or have graphic depictions of sodomy? I didn't think so. I'll get to it. But what I realized was that literally every single fucking streaming service has at least one Gordon Ramsay show. Gordon Ramsay yells at amateur chefs. Gordon Ramsay quietly yells at amateur chefs with his friends. 
Gordon Ramsay watches children cook and is toothachingly sweet to them afterwards. Gordon Ramsay teaches prisoners to cook. Gordon Ramsay cooks eggs in all 50 states. Gordon Ramsay fixes shitty restaurants. Gordon Ramsay fixes shitty hotels. Gordon Ramsay caters your next D&D event. Gordon Ramsay dips his balls in one of the mother sauces, and you have to guess which one. Don't get me wrong, I've watched most of those. I would definitely participate in the last one. (laughs) Fingers crossed it's a bechamel. That's a little joke for the back of house nerds. But Jesus Christ, man. Gordon Ramsay is going to get to the point where literally more people on the planet have appeared in his shows than are actually watching them. And the ones I'm blaming for that are the executives at the networks and streaming platforms that are greenlighting all of these shits. There are meetings in Los Angeles every month for the specific purpose of talking about shows that Gordon Ramsay is currently hosting or could be hosting sometime in the future. And because there is a 1000% chance that he's listening to this show, Mr. Gordon Ramsay, how is it that you can have restaurants in Elizabeth, Indiana, Kansas City, Missouri, Lake Tahoe, and New Jersey, but nothing on the books for fucking Scottsdale? Do you have any idea how many rich, white polo shirt khaki shorts and chonkless wearing old men and their trophy wives would pay sixty dollars for your scallops out here or do you just have enough money and if you do have enough money stop making so many fucking reality shows all right now that i got that part off my chest let's get to some gold star answer cleanup finally from many weeks ago. I know it's been a while since I've asked these questions, but life is weird and one day we're all gonna die, so calm your tits. I dusted off some of your answers and have them right here in front of me. So the first question that I asked forever ago, what things visually gross you out? Because you all deserve a reminder, I talked a while back about how I can watch anything, but I couldn't even listen to a story about my brother-in-law cutting his finger on a cheese grater. Even saying it right now is giving me the ick. Now, before I get to your answers, I did think of one other thing that I do not like to watch, arm wrestling videos. Because every time I turn on some kind of fucking arm wrestling video, someone's arm snaps loud enough where you can hear it from the planet fucking Mercury. Whenever I see a Facebook or YouTube video where two people are arm wrestling, I just skip it. I haven't watched one in literally years. Now, for a few of your guys' answers, and a shout out to you guys for bringing home all the gross and awful things that I was expecting. We Got Vomit, which you knew was going to make the list. I've never met anyone who likes watching people vomit. I'm sure they're out there, but I've never met one. Fun fact about me that nobody wants to hear, by the way, I am the world's loudest and most violent thrower-upper. I sound like a singer from one of those metal bands with logos that are so fucked up that you can't even read the name when I throw up. But also, apparently... I'm told that I'm some sort of vomiting savant. Let me explain. I had an extra hard night of drinking after not having eaten for almost 24 hours. This was many years back. And if you're saying to yourself how stupid of a decision that is, that one doesn't even make it into my top 100, boys. I felt the rumbling in my tummy coming up, and I knew that the booze was going to be exiting my body the way it came in. But... I was stuck. Wherever I was at the time, I couldn't get to a toilet, trash can, shower, or anything where I could, you know, projectile this garbage into. 
and I asked someone to bring me a cup, which they very kindly did. I'm gonna do my best to say this part in a way that doesn't gross anyone out. I, while drunk, mind you, made a deposit into the cup, filling it just below the brim without spilling a single excess drop anywhere. And then I stopped just long enough for the poor soul who was helping me to take said cup and dump it in the nearest toilet and then bring it back to me so I could do the exact same thing two more times. The next day, I was told that I had the best vomit control of anyone they had ever seen. And this is yet another example of supporting the idea that I have exclusively useless fucking talents. I know I've said this about myself before, but what an awful fucking thing to be good at. Okay, back to the other gross things. Extreme allergic reactions made the list, which doesn't necessarily gross me out, but I do find it off-putting. Of course, I got the two standards sent to me, pimple popping and feet. Both of those ring similar to me because if you have an opinion about either one of those on one side or the other, it tends to be a pretty strong one. Either you really, really like feet and pimple popping or you really, really don't. I wonder if there is a subreddit out there for pimple popping on feet. Wouldn't that be like the ultimate fucking thing? I've been on this rock for a very long time. I'll bet you I've gotten a zit on my foot at one point. Digging our way into a few extra gross things and if anyone listening was thinking about breaking open a meal or a snack, now would definitely be the opportune moment. Let's talk about the Two Girls One Cup video, which was sent in to me. Firstly, I can't believe it actually took me 45 episodes to get to this subject. I'm actually a little disappointed in myself right now. And second, Berg, I'm not sure how to say this in a way that doesn't make me sound awful, but I feel like watching the two girls one cup video is kind of a rite of passage you can get bar mitzvah half a dozen times but if you haven't seen the two girls one cup video i don't consider you an adult for those of you who haven't seen the video in question i don't even know where to start i can tell you that one of the biggest regrets of my life was not having my beautiful wife mrs what's her name walk down the aisle at our wedding to the song that's playing in the background of that video. I remember when I first saw it, it was one of those things that was a little shocking as it started, but as the video went on, I just started laughing. There's no way it is 100% authentic. I have eaten ice cold Taco Bell at 1 a.m. And if that doesn't make my ass do what those lovely young ladies did, I'm gonna be bold enough to say that nothing will. The urban legend is that it was frozen yogurt. And all I can say about that is let's hope so. I hope that's enough context for anyone who hasn't seen the video to be able to infer what takes place. We're trying to keep it macabre, but tasteful out here this week. I wanna be a little classy. Another disgusting one that I got was used tampons specifically because they were being chased around with one. Now, I'm not gonna get too far in the paint with this one, which might be a terrible choice of words, but I will say that I have also been chased around with bloody tampons on multiple occasions. And I just have a quick question before I move on. What the actual fuck, ladies? I hesitate to make that a gold star question, but Jesus Christ, I really want an answer to that. Or maybe I don't, I don't know. 
my lovely and extremely tired sister, Georgia, who is an RN, was kind enough to tell me that the thing that grosses her out the most is blood clots, specifically ones that she had to take out of a man's penis recently. And she told me that it completely ruined strawberry jam for her. Like, apparently, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are a complete non-starter for her these days. And I feel like that right there is as good a place as any to move on because even I'm almost grossed out with that. And that's no easy task. Did you guys know that Bill Murray and Kellis are dating? You know, Bill Murray, Ghostbusters, Scrooge, Stripes, every Wes Anderson movie, and other assorted comedy, and then Kellis. Her milkshake brought the boys to the yard, and then no follow-up single. Remember that shit? I have so many questions. What occasion could possibly take place where the two of them would not only meet, but spend enough time talking to discover that they shared some sort of spark? There is no goddamn way Kellis had ever even heard of Caddyshack. And I'll bet every penny I got on that. And I don't see Bill Murray bumping his top five favorite Kellis songs while he's driving down wherever the fuck he drives. It isn't that I have any problem with that. It's two consenting adults doing whatever they want to do. But there had to be an awkward conversation where Kellis was like, any movie that you were in that was good is way too old for me to give a shit about seeing. And then Billy was doing the same shit. Your music is pointless to me, and I'm not even sure that you recorded a full album. Maybe in a weird way, that makes them the perfect couple. They got all the shit-talking right out on Front Street, so they didn't have to end up doing it later in a toxic way when they were in, like, an argument or something. That's the kind of thing that has to be weird about, like, being married to Vanilla Ice or David Hasselhoff or something like that. If you get into a fight with them... And it just turns into one of those knockdown, drag out things where you become immature and you aren't even fighting anymore. And you're just trying to say the world's worst thing you can to hurt each other for funsies. Like, Vanilla Ice has a permanent open sore that is really easy to poke at. If David Hasselhoff would ever dare to be a dick to whoever he's with, they would have so many easy bullets in their belt. Okay, David, maybe my mom is a total bitch, but at least she wasn't filmed drunk and shirtless on a floor eating the world's sloppiest hamburger. And talking about that makes me wonder if Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood ever get into like one of those extra shitty fights. I wonder if she brings up the whole Chris Gaines thing just to piss him off. I would. With the Bill and Kellis thing, though... It's all about funny dudes, man. And I never used to believe it. When I was younger, I had read a lot and heard a lot from women that when you're funny, that is a direct highway right into your favorite pair of panties. And I didn't believe that at all. I had never heard that any woman or man, for that matter, that was my age would talk about a sense of humor being a turn on. But as I started getting older, and I would ask women who, for some stupid reason, were fucking interested in me, idiots. But when I asked them what the fuck my appeal could possibly be, quite often, the first thing I would always hear was that I was funny. That's pretty neat. And the older that I've gotten, the more I hear from people around me about how important a sense of humor is. And then, just to bring the point full circle, when I think about the women that I've been interested in over the last many years and think about the one thing that they all have in common, they can all make me laugh. 
that's something in hindsight where I probably should have listened to people instead of being stubborn and hating myself so much. That's right, I said it. Suck my ass. I'm not afraid to admit my mistakes. While we're at it with the funny dudes, your favorite fuckboy Pete Davidson went into rehab last week for... I mean, I don't know, take your pick. I don't think they mentioned what it was that he checked into rehab for, but it could literally be anything. I think that they just said, oh, he's going in for a tune-up. Every now and again, he just goes in for, for shits and gigs. I bet he went to rehab because he's just bored with drugs at this point. None of them even get him high anymore, and he can't tell the difference. Rehab is a place where you go to fight your demons head on and become a better, stronger, and more sober person with a fresh view of the world around you. To Pete, it's basically like a juice cleanse. I do hope he gets better and healthy and stays that way, but also deep down in places that I totally talk about at parties, I feel like he's just going to rehab to make sure that he keeps pulling that top shelf snooch. Nothing revs the engine of a toxic, self-important, Taylor Swift listening girl with daddy issues where her self-worth should be like hearing that a tall, skinny, pale, tattooed, aloof addict just got out of rehab. There aren't enough towels and sponges in existence to clean up that fucking mess. All right, let's talk about this whole submarine thing because I have gotten a metric shit ton of messages with people asking me, you're going to talk about it, right? You're going to bring it up on the show. Yes, I got you. Let's break it down a little bit because there's a lot to unpack. There are more moving parts to the story and the conversation that was generated by this whole thing than there actually were on the vessel. I would have to assume you already know relatively what happened, so I'm not going to bother you with a recap. Here's my thing. What is the fucking appeal of risking it all to go down there just to see a ship that hit an iceberg however long ago. I guess I could see the appeal if you were to actually be able to physically swim around the wreckage safely. But there is nothing I can think of that would get me to go down there. Yo, Kidson, Eddie Murphy is doing a brand new stand-up comedy special and we have a seat reserved for you right next to Jennifer Lawrence, who is dressed in all black and wearing fence nets, and Margot Robbie in full Harley Quinn attire is going to be serving you endless piping hot french fries and hot fudge sundaes. The two of them were also talking about some sort of blowjob contest they wanted to have, and they wanted you to be the judge. Oh, and afterwards, Elton John and Childish Gambino will be doing an acoustic set together of songs that you get to pick. And then, for some reason, the whole room smells like fajitas and churros. I mean... Wow, that sounds fucking fantastic. Wait a minute, you're telling me that the machine that's supposed to get me down there is being piloted by a $60 Logitech gaming controller? You know what? I'll just wait for Eddie's Netflix special. Actually, so I have a gold star question on deck in the notes for this week, but I'm going to go with this one instead because I like it way better. This week's gold star question, just like I described... What is the exact scenario that would get you to want to risk it all to take a poorly made, poorly operated vessel to experience? It's a bit of a complex question, so I definitely understand not getting too many answers on this one, but I say use it as an opportunity to treat yourself to daydreaming a perfect scenario in your head and then ship it on over to me so I can tell everyone about it. And this is one where the answers can be all over the map, so I'd love to hear them. Send me an email, atomicskullpodcast at gmail.com. 
slide into my DMs on the Instagrams and the TikToks at Atomic Skull Podcast. Follow me there, of course, if you haven't already. I would absolutely adore hearing answers to this one because they will be long form and make me so happy. Nobody really feels bad about the people that died a horrific death down there. Is that weird only to me? He was rich and he was an asshole and he was cavalier about safety. I get it. And that is all totally true. But I feel like even billionaires don't deserve to die because of hubris. The one thing that I do agree on that I know a lot of people didn't, and I'm going to totally get shit for this and I'm all right with that. I think it was the stepson of one of the victims went to see a Blink-182 concert while the sub was still missing and the search was underway. Let me say this in defense of that. He specifically wasn't doing any of the searching. And it doesn't really matter where he was while the search was being conducted. It isn't like a hospital waiting room where you can feign importance to someone that you care about by feeling like you're close to them. They can text him updates, which I'm sure he was checking for. He said it was kind of an escape for him to get his mind off of everything. And I could totally see that. And then, also, don't hate me, but do you have any idea how hard it is to score tickets to this Blink-182 tour. I couldn't fucking get in for shit. And if you're a fan of the band, you know how fickle Tom DeLonge can be. One good quality UFO sighting captured and authenticated on video, and that dude will fuck off from the tour and head directly to Area 51 for answers. All right, so let's talk about the memes of this whole thing, because that's going to be both my best and worst for this week. I still don't know where to put my emotions on the whole thing, because anyone who knows me knows how much I love a good, spicy meme. I've got some really rough bangers stored in my phone if anyone wants something with a little extra kick. Boy, I can send you some shits that will change you. I think that the bluest humor these days are found in memes. And I'm a fan of getting a little blue sometimes as long as it's genuinely funny and isn't being done directly for shock value. Something I've learned is that memes have sort of become a coping mechanism for us as a society when tragedy happens, particularly when it doesn't affect all of us directly, but it is something that we all still find sad. I've seen a lot of people talk about how the memes of this whole thing is social media at its worst. Bitch, social media has always been at its worst. It has a lifelong track record of bringing out the most awful versions of us, the most awful among us. It has made us believe that people absolutely positively have to have our opinions on everything like their breaths of air. For some reason, we think that anyone on the planet wants to fucking watch a video of us watching a concert. That is easily the dumbest thing that I am ever going to deal with in my lifetime. I barely want to watch a video of the concert that you are filming right now. Can you imagine how I feel about watching you watch it? Get the camera off your face and put it back on Taylor Swift. Quick side note, I've watched tons of videos of her tour and... I mean, I wouldn't want to pay the money or deal with all the basic bitches at the show passing around pumpkin spice blunts, but I'll be damned if it doesn't look like an amazing production. I digress. The internet itself is amazing. It is the closest 
thing that any of us are going to get to realizing a wonder of the world in our lifetime. We have unlimited knowledge about anything we want at our fingertips on command. Did you guys know there is a scene in the movie Teen Wolf where a background extra has his dick out and they left it in the movie? You guys, I didn't know that before the internet was a thing and now I do know that and the knowledge genuinely makes me fucking happy. But social media specifically is responsible for endless amounts of STDs, arguments over whether a dress is blue or silver, people legitimately getting their news and science facts from memes that apparently they don't realize can be generated by some random Yahoo anywhere in the world, public freakout videos, near-miss car accidents, and more fucking news bloopers than I know what to do with. None of that enriches our lives in any way whatsoever. So I started thinking, what good things has social media brought us? I'm not a fan of wholesale shitting in the Cheerios on every occasion. I will be the first to admit that social media has brought not only all of us good things collectively, but a few awesome things myself specifically. You know what though? I'm gonna totally edge you cucks and I'm gonna make you wait until next week because I seriously have a cute little list going in front of me here. And as a bonus little question for you, we're gonna call it the silver star question, I guess. I don't fucking know. What good things has social media brought to your lives? All of us collectively are usually the worst, but there are some moments in there where we let the best of us shine through and I love to see it. So send me those answers as well if you can think of any and we will talk about that next week. Also next week, we are gonna talk about you all taking me to school on animated movies because I learned a fucking boatload of shit that I didn't know before. You guys showed up hard for that one. I am still getting answers on it. I fucking love it, man. I'm gonna have some dildo chronicles for you guys. I've got a bunch of things that have been happening at the store lately that are all tied to one specific theme and I can't wait to dive into that. And then, of course, I'll have a few other little bullshits for you. I have to imagine we're going to be continuing our dive into Hot Take Summer Volume 2. I'm not trying to sell myself as a completely negative person all the time, always. But there's nothing wrong with a little outright bitching from time to time. Lots more bullshit on the way that I hope you fuckers are ready to thoroughly enjoy. Oh, and before I forget... America's got a birthday! Make sure you leave out milk and cookies for my man's Chris Evans on July 3rd. And when you do put your boot up someone's ass while listening to Leonard Skinner and drinking a Coors Light to celebrate, make sure you're doing it safely out there, boys. For Song of the Week, <laughs> when I start laughing, you know some shit's about to happen. It occurred to me that for the last couple of months, I've been kind of digging back into the timeline and pulling out some gems. So this week, I wanted to do something a little newer. And wouldn't you know it, I happened upon a brand new song that I fucking love off of an album that came out just this week. And not only is this song sure to piss off all my fellow oldies out there, but it is a collaboration that I never knew I needed or remotely saw coming. 
Lil Uzi Vert, who I have been getting more and more into lately, just released an album this last week called Pink Tape. And easily my favorite track on the album is a song that he did with, and prepare your ass for this shit, Baby Metal. If you don't know who Baby Metal is, you are in for a goddamn treat. Baby Metal is an all-female Japanese pop trio that sings it sings beautifully, I might add, over some of the most hardcore speed metal riffs you have ever heard in your fucking life. The song of the week this week is The End by Lil Uzi Vert and Baby Metal. So you've got a rapper and a female Japanese pop trio doing their thing over some loud-ass, fucked-up speed metal, and it is dynamite chaos, and I love it. Everything is in this song. And if it sounds terrifying to you, I can assure you it is. But it's also really fucking good, and you should 100% listen to it on the Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. Seriously, this one you should check out because it is all going on all at once in this song. And... That is the business for this week, you guys. Thank you so much for coming to check me out, as always. means everything to me that you are taking the time to do that. Whenever you're taking the time to do that, for everyone who's catching up right now, you're reaching out to me, answering some older Gold Star questions, and I'm fucking here for that. Thank you so much. Please give me five stars wherever you're listening to me. Do my thing out here and share the wealth with some dick joke loving nerd friends out there if you're feeling kind please be sure to post my bullshit on your socials and tag me in it so i can profusely show my gratitude and make it weird i will be back next week with lots more of the good stuff for you guys and i can't wait to see you then thank you so much apologies to my mother-in-law and how are you doing